Sutra. We are in chapter number three, the most spectacular of the chapters of the Yoga Sutra. Describing different forms of Samyama through which they acquire paranormal forms of knowledge and different paranormal forms of power, which Patanjali himself warns that these are cities, paranormal accomplishments from the standpoint of the world but actually they are, or at least can be, obstacles to enlightenment. And yet he takes his time, a whole chapter from the Yoga Sutra, to talk about those, because somehow, somewhere, he considers them relevant. And we are continuing where we remained last time, with the Sutra number 37. We are in chapter number 3, Pada the Sutra number 37. And the Sutra number 37 says, by loosening the cause of bondage and by knowledge of the ways of passage of the mind, the subtle body can enter another person's body. Here, Patanjali first of all does not use very much the concept of Samyama. He doesn't say by Samyama on what? He simply mentions two conditions, but it's obvious that because he is in a chapter where he talks about Samyama, he implies a Samyama because he kept on saying until now by Samyama on this, by Samyama on that, and therefore here it must continue in the same trend. He mentions two conditions. He says by loosening the the cause of bondage and by knowledge of the ways of passage of the mind. And then the final effect is that the subtle body can enter another person's body. Which are the causes of bondage? The causes of bondage have been mentioned earlier. Those of you who have listened to this commentary or who read thoroughly the Yoga Sutra might remember them. Those of you who have not been here when we spoke about the causes of bondage in chapter 1 and 2 in the previous seasons, Let's remind them that the causes of bondage, as mentioned by himself before, are the love for the physical body, the fear of death, basically the attachment to the physical body, both in its positive form, like I am attached, I love my physical body, and also the fear of losing it, which is the fear of death, and the kleshas generally. I remind, for those of you who are not completely aware of this, who haven't been here for a long time, that the kleshas are the five impurities, the five archetypal impurities of the mind related to the five chakras, to the first five chakras related to the five elements, and they basically define exactly the veil of ignorance upon the human being. And therefore he mentions the kleshas and the attachment to the body. So his first condition was by loosening the cause of bondage. Therefore, any one of you who would be interested in this mysterious Samyama, which promises no more and no less that the subtle body, your subtle body, can enter in another person's body, then the two conditions to fulfill are, one, remove as much as possible. Remember, nobody is perfect. There is nothing perfectly 100%. 
Not even the yin and yang in the universe are 100%. The yin has a dot of yang in it and the yang has a dot of yin in it. Therefore, nothing goes to 100%. But as much as possible, remove, first of all, the attachment to the body under its two forms, excessive attachment and fear of death, and the kleshas. Those of you who remember from our previous readings, the fear of death is actually one of the five kleshas, abhinivesha. The fear of death has been quoted as one of the major impurities of the mind. So here, Patanjali is a bit non-systematic. Patanjali is a bit redundant in this, in this sutra because he simply could have said by removing the kleshas. That's it. But he simply put it in the in a more general format and therefore let's leave it to that. That's the first half. And the second half is by knowledge of the ways of passage of the mind. Where does the mind go through? The mind goes through, of course, through the energy channels. As most of you are aware, and this is an advanced knowledge which I am not able to get to the bottom of because it will require lots of collateral yogic teaching, and this is something which you get through the yoga courses, through the detailed knowledge of the human body, energy bodies, and the work with that, you know, or you should know, that there exist energy channels or channels at every level. There exist physical channels, which are nothing else but the nerves, the blood vessels, the different tubes of the body, such as the aerial passages, the digestive tract, and others of the kind. And therefore, there exist, as I said, physical channels through which physical matter is circulating. There exist etheric channels in the etheric body, in the second body, and those are generally called nadis, and people assimilate them to the meridians, because the meridians from acupuncture are typical example of such nadis. But then, as you go deeper, the principle of correspondence makes that such channels, of course, exist in the third body, in the fourth body, and even in the fifth body and above. However, it's very, very physical and etherical nadis, but at the same time there will be some differences. For example, you would expect that, paradoxically, the higher you go in the structures of the human being, the more the human being becomes archetypal, which means at the same time simplifiable, is like a hundred times more complex than our body at a physical level. And therefore, the channels of energy in the astral body, in the mental body, they are a very peculiar reality, but we can understand them analogously until we get to work with them in yoga, when we are thinking about the meridians or the channels of energy and even the physical ducts and channels from the physical body. And therefore, to make the long story short, the idea is in the astral body, and actually here Patanjali says, by the, the knowledge of the ways of passage of the mind, so where the mind, the third body, the astral body, is also a form of mind, so when you say mind like this, basically it is uh, difficult to say to which 
he refers because he is Yama uh, on the nadis of the mind will see which ones and by loosening the cause of bondage which means getting less attached to the body then the subtle body can enter other people's body and therefore basically he says that there are two steps one is the negative step cut off the connections with the body the bigger the attachment to the physical body the more difficult it is to accomplish this and the second step is no, which means no in a yogic way, not no in a theoretical way. No in yoga means you feel it, you control it, you have it, you activate it. No, the passages of the mind can move basically through 16 passages, the 10 gates of the body plus the 6 chakras which are besides that. And therefore when Patanjali says, because he implies it by saying, then out simply like an astral projection through Manipura Chakra or an astral projection through some other level is not really what interests Patanjali. This final capability to be able to join another body, we are going to see what that involves briefly, is actually something which can occur only when the mind moves out through the higher chakras. Technically and theoretically, it would be possible to acquire such possibilities even when the mind exits through the third eye. But in practice, most of the yoga tradition of India and Tibet is very firm on this. The path for this kind of accomplishment, which Patanjali talks about, is technically the part of it until it reaches up here, is called Chitranadi, the middle part of the central channel of Sushumna Nadi. And basically, here it is, Patanjali says, you actually refer to a very paradoxical situation. Somebody has died, but death has been accidental. The body is not really damaged. The death is more due to a state of shock or to some sort of exhaustion or something. So the body could still be used. The body still had a bit of ojas or something left in it. We can speculate endlessly where that goes. And if, since the former occupant of the body is gone out in his evolution, in his bardo and further, then that body becomes like a vacant, it's like an empty carcass. And if you could use it for a few hours or days, what would be immoral about that? Because it's not about kicking somebody out and telling them, wait, now I need your body, I'm the strong, fight ad literam, in a scientific way. Nevertheless, remember that the purpose of pova is entirely different, because it makes the mind <coughs> be able to separate from the body and the lower structures, and this is a skill which is first and foremostly eminent in the moment of death. All the great yogis have applied or applied a version of pova in the moment of their death. That's uh, the whole trick. And that is why it's valid for that. And of course, now I cannot explain what results from that. Why would you do pova and project your mind through the middle channel and up to the top of the head in the moment of death? For that you need to witness an art of dying workshop. Periodically we hold them in the school. Uh, I guess there will not be any this spring, but next year for sure. You need to witness an Art of Dying workshop to understand exactly the things, because it takes me 
days to explain what is happening in the process of dying.